Welcome to Milkshake Monday, being brought to you by Fordos Production. I am Anita Helm. I am so excited to bring to you God's Intent, episode 268. Let me give you a praise report. Often I work with the company with different people who are doing speeches or doing something creative, writing books. And so I want to give this report of God's glory and honor to say that last Friday, the federal holiday for Veterans Day, one of the persons that was a speech, uh, giving his speech at the result of his speech and the work that Fordo's production and the Holy Spirit uh, working in him, that there were more than a dozen men who rededicated their lives to Christ and more than 10 others who decided they wanted to have more information about Jesus Christ. And I just want to say, praise God, shouts to God. We know that the angels celebrate with even one sinner comes to Christ. And I just want to let you know my intention for Fordos production and what I do every day is to find ways to build up other people. And I am so grateful for the opportunities that the Lord is allowing me and this company to be a blessing. Now the title, God's Intent, what does he have in store for you? It's going to have four facets that I want you to keep in mind. Number one, God has a divine design. He has a divine plan. And that plan is designed and has been fashioned before the foundations of the world. Number two, in God's intent, we know he's got a divine plan, a divine design. Number two is that when Jesus Christ went on the cross, it was because of God's love for us, that we were deserving to go on that cross. And the, and the Lord Jesus said to his father, it is finished. The plan, the divine plan for my part to go before you, Lord, who is a holy God and to sacrifice my sinless life on behalf of those who were the sinners, us, that was done because of God's intent to seek and to save that which was lost, which is all of us who have been born and shaped into iniquity. So number one is God has a divine design or a divine plan. Number two, it was God's purpose through his love that his son, Jesus Christ, would get up on the cross, sacrifice his life, be rose again, resurrected as we say, and he is there with God the Father. But the second point is he had to go to the cross. The third point that we're going to focus on today, because in knowing God's divine plan, sometimes we think we know it. Sometimes we have a, a hint to it. But God is showing us through all 66 books of the Bible about salvation. But here's the thing. Even with us being Christian believers, we are going to go through pain and suffering. And there is no fun in the trials and the tests and those pain and suffering times that we go through or the people that you love go through. It's not a fun experience, but you have to understand the Lord did not allow his own son, his beloved son, his one and only son, his one begotten son, only begotten son. He didn't allow Jesus Christ not to go through pain and suffering for us because of that love, because of that divine plan. So number one, the divine design. Number two, Christ on the cross was out of his love. Number three, that we as believers will be going through pain and suffering through trials and testing and tribulations. Number four, the outcome 
of all of the divine design, the love of Christ going on the cross, and even us going through our pain and suffering, the outcome, the end result is for us to spend eternity with God the Father in heaven. Now, when you're going through some of the things that you're going to see tonight, I'm going to show you some examples. I'm going to show you two different couples, and I want you to see how God's divine plan, how the salvation of Jesus Christ being on the cross and how pain and suffering happens to us all, even these two couples we're gonna talk about and the outcome. And even sometimes when we see an outcome that looks like, oh, it's all worked out, we still don't know how that divine plan of God is unfolding. And we saw that all of the, the disciples that Christ had, Judas was hung himself in it, so he was the son of perdition. But those disciples, to include Paul, all had a martyr's dumb end. Even though they proclaimed God, they had the, the peace of God, they had all the spiritual things that were operating in their lives, they still went through pain and suffering. And as we start to think about Thanksgiving and going to celebrate with our family, I want you to still realize that when you go through something, you still have to have that ad attitude, that posture, that demeanor, that characteristic of praise and worship and thankfulness to God. Even though I know for myself, there are times, it says in the scripture, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then it says, what's faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So there's some things unfolding in all of our lives that we have to wait on the Lord. We have to trust in the Lord and his promises. But at the same time, even when we don't see what God is doing, we have to trust his promises that he's doing something that is a part of his divine plan. So let's start reading the word of God, because I don't want you to think I'm making up anything. So this is going to be very heavily scripture based tonight, as I hope it always is. But I'm going to try to give you a foundation that helps everyone understand. Let's talk about the divine plan and it comes to your life. I say this scripture, Psalm 139, it's in the Old Testament, verses 15 through 18, because God has known about you, everything about your life before you were even in your mother's womb, before your mama and daddy came together, sperm hit egg, creation of you in your mother's womb, that God knew your story, beginning, middle and ending. I want you to understand because when stuff starts to happen to you and you're like, oh God, why? Oh God, when are you going to make this stop? Oh God, how, what, all these things that we go and go like freaking out. God has already known what's going to happen. The substance of your days, the books, even before they were written, he knew about your body. He knew what was fashion in your body. So let's go to Psalm 139, 15, verses 18, so you can see this. Verse 15 says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast was the sum of them. 
If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Many people will see that people die at different ages. Some people could be in their 90s, 100s. Other people could be in their 20s, 10, two years old. All these things that gone too soon. That's something that gives us comfort. That's something that helps us feel better when we're grieving. But the reality is they're not gone any sooner than God knew for their days that were in their book. We don't know the divine plan for each and every soul that comes into this earth, but God does. And his divine plan, his all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. So these things aren't a surprise to him. And as things unfold that are uncomfortable, unpleasant to us, hurtful to us, crushing to us, part of us in knowing who God is, is we have to say, I don't understand, but God does. I hurt, but I have a comforter. I have, I'm missing my loved one, but my loved one knew the Lord and the Lord has already made promises to him, the loved one, or her, the loved one, and for me, who's left behind. Now, I want to say something too. Nothing is too hard or too small for God, that even in his divine design, that little things that we will take for granted, that we will say have no significance in God's divine plan, not so. And I'm going to show you an example of sandals and clothing. Now go to Deuteronomy 29, verse 5. When the nation was freed from Egypt, walked through the Red Sea, was supposed to be an 11-day journey and turned out to be 40 years, and of the millions of people that were released from Egypt, that were released from the bondage as a result of the Lord, only Joshua and Caleb saw the promised land. But I want you to see this small minute detail that people underestimate when it comes to God and his divine plan and his power and what he does, that he can supernaturally overshadow, cause things that, you know, what you're going to read here about clothes and shoes. Clothes and shoes normally don't last 40 years in the desert, walking, being used constantly, constantly, constantly. But God saw fit that not anyone's clothes or their sandals wore out. That's the kind of God that has things planned out well in advance. So when you think God doesn't understand what's going on with you, God is missing in action, that is not true. Here this verse says in verse verse 5 of, of chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness your clothes have not worn out on you and your sandals have not worn off your feet. God has the power over the big and over the small insignificant. I'm telling you this in advance because when you start to see your life unfold and there are things happening, things that you are like, come on, God, this is too much. Come on, God, this is getting old. Come on, God. And God is, is letting you know there's a purpose. There's a reason. There may be some, you have to lift up your hand and say, I surrender. There's some things going on that you need to talk to God, not yell at God, not tell God, but say, God. And one of the people we're going to look at today, the person 
yielded in a pretty significant way. And many of us, myself included, have to yield to the plan of God. I got to tell you, tell on myself, I was going through an emotional moment and my daughter said, mom, pray about it. And I got upset because I was like, you know, sometimes I want to have my own emotions and, you know, just saying pray about it. But she came back and she said, mom, when I'm going through something, you say pray about it. So when I hear or see you going through something emotional, I say what I understand to give you some help. Go to God and pray about it. So I took it in the emotions of my feelings of not being listened to. But that was exactly what I did. Moments later, got on my knees and I prayed about it. I took it to God instead of taking it to my own feelings. So let's see two examples of two different couples, young couple, older couple. And I'm going to set the stage for this one because I've always said that I wanted Milkshake Monday to be instrumental and helpful to people that don't read the Bible, people that don't know the stories of the Bible. So let me give you a little context before I give you the scripture. We have an older couple who, when they got married, like all married couples, they had the intention that they wanted to have a family. They wanted to have children. The wife expected to have a baby in her womb. The husband thought he'd have children. He was a priest. Over time, they had fertility issues and she was barren. She couldn't have babies. She could see other people have babies in her family, in her neighborhood, other women her age having babies. She wasn't having babies. She prayed about it. Her husband prayed about it. They prayed in agreement about it. And they were hopeful. You know what faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So for days and weeks and years and decades, they had a prayer on God's altar for a child. Well, imagine a younger woman gets to be an older woman, gets to go through what we all know as older women as menopause and that time of having fertility is gone. So she had succumbed and believed that she and her husband were never going to have children. They had the hope, they had the prayer, they had the desire, they had the one, they were doing what you needed to do to have babies. It wasn't going to happen. You have to think that they were disappointed. They were discouraged in their marriage. It was something that may have been a struggle. They stuck together. But it was still something that they desired in their heart, but it didn't come to pass. So when you see this husband going to perform his duties and he's going to be approached by the angel Gabriel and he's told good news, good news from the angel, but from what you have from Zechariah, that ship has sailed. He thinks he's too old. He's probably not having the sex he used to have when he was in his 20s. And he knows his wife is old and she's past the time of having a baby. She's done all that stuff in her past. And they're just settled that this is not going to happen. Hadn't happened in the decades before. So it's not going to happen. So there's doubt and unbelief when they're presented with this good news from God. So I want you to understand that the divine design is at play. The salvation of God is at play because we know how instrumental the child that is being the good news is going to be about is instrumental. We also see that before this happened, there was pain and suffering of infertility, lost hope, doubt, discouragement. And then you're going to see that this man, when he speaks the doubt out of his mouth, 
he's going to lose his voice, the ability to speak for the duration of a baby being born. That's a long time not to speak. That's pain and suffering. That's a trial. That's a testing. That's tribulation. But it's all for the outcome that we're going to have for this child that's going to be endowed with the Holy Spirit, who's going to be John the Baptist. And I wanted you to see that so that there's the people that don't know the story. I have given you a setting of the stage because I've gotten feedback to try to help with that. And I do want to help. So let's go to Luke chapter one, verses five through 45. And I know I just gave that scripture, but can I say something first? I want to say something before I read that scripture about trials and tribulations. Go to John 16, verse 32 through 33. And I'm sorry for going out of order. It says, look, a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each one to his own home. And I will be left alone. Yet I am not alone. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Because my father is with me, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble and suffering, but take courage, I have conquered the world. So Jesus is saying you're never alone, but you're going to have some suffering. So people that say they see the thorn in the flesh and they see things happening in their own personal space and with their kids and with their family and with things and like, why would a good God Make bad things happen. He's told you in advance. In the world, you will have trouble and suffering. But take courage. I have conquered the world. I have overcome the world. Here's another scripture. Out of John, excuse me, James 1, 2 through 4. The New English translation says, my brothers, James, it says, my brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy, no thing but joy. But that's the thing we don't think about when we're going through struggles. Count it all joy. Consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials because you know that the testing of your faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we say we want to please him, but testing of your faith is not easy. It's not a walk in the park. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The couple we're going to talk about, Zachariah and Elizabeth, the testing of their faith is that they wanted a child. A child didn't come. And it says, and let endurance have its perfect effect. Some translation is perfect work. So that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. Now we can go to Luke 1, verses 5 through 45. And in between this verse, I'm going to give another verse. So I'll, you'll stay with me. Couple one is Zachariah and Elizabeth. Fertility, choices, service, prayers, unanswered prayers, all of them. In the day of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Faithful believers now, but, but, this is pain and suffering. It's in three letters, but, but you've lost your house, but you've lost your spouse, but you've lost your finances, but, but, pain and suffering, trials and tribulations, but they had no child 
because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest, he didn't stop because of the pain and suffering of not having that child. He's still doing what thus saith the Lord, his role in the divine plan of God, his ministry. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord. The divine plan, yes, they say by lot, but the divine plan as a result of the love of Christ, who is going to go to the cross. He's not going to the cross at this point, but the divine plan knows he's going for our sakes. By lot, he's going into the temple to do his duty. But God already knows that. He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer, prayer from decades ago. He's well advanced in ages, but this prayer that went unanswered until now. Prayers that you have on God's altar that may be unanswered until the time that God says in the process of his time. Maybe you won't see it, but God hears prayers. We are still being blessed for prayers from William D. Helm. I'm telling you the truth. All the time we're being blessed by prayers that he put in God's altar years ago. For your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name john and you will have joy and gladness many will rejoice at his birth contrary to the opposite of joy and gladness was probably the sadness and the disappointment and the hurt of not having a child all these decades but now god says you're going to have joy and gladness for he will be great before the lord do you see how the divine plan there? The baby has, he hasn't, Zechariah hasn't gone home to have sex yet. And they have already told him the good news of his name, how people are going to rejoice to include himself and his wife and how he's going to be great before the Lord. The divine plan, the divine design is at work. Didn't mean all of the pain and suffering didn't happen to them. Didn't mean the disappointment didn't happen to them, but it did not mean that God did not hear that prayer that was on God's altar all those decades, but it's a timing of God. The promises of God are in his divine design and his timing, not ours. I need to take a note to self. He will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Part of the divine design, design is that there's going to be an interaction between Mary and Elizabeth, where when her voice hits the ears of Elizabeth, the baby in her womb that's six months is going to leap with joy because of the endowment of the Holy Spirit. Zachariah hadn't gone home to have sex with Elizabeth yet, and the angel is already telling you what's going to happen. God knows the ending before the beginning. So when you question him, when you doubt him, when you're angry with him, when you're like, I don't understand and I don't like this God. 
pull yourself back, pull your emotions back and realize that the divine design of God is more powerful than you and whatever trial or tribulation you are going through. You're thinking about yourself. Anita's thinking about Anita, but there's a bigger plan than all of us individually because God wants to save souls that are, if we don't have the divine plan unfold just as God has it, there's going to be people in hell. And that's not what he wants. It's not his will that any should perish. So we have to allow ourselves to be joyful as we go through these trials and tribulations. So anyway, the angel says he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God, the divine design. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready the Lord's people, a, a people prepared. Now, I want you to go on and read the rest of that. For time, I want to move past that. But you'll see in the verses that are going from that point of verse 18 to 25 that Elizabeth does conceive. Elizabeth doesn't share her good news that she's pregnant in her advanced age. Now, here's the second couple, because I want you to have a perspective about the divine design and pain and suffering. That's an older couple where they're joyful. The baby is conceived. Now, I want you all to have some recognition that like some elderly parents, they can have a baby late in their lives. They may not see the whole life of that child because they're old and they're going to go to the way of their fathers. They're going to die. So John is going to find that, yes, he's going to be born. He's got a purpose and a plan that's part of God's divine plan, but he may not have his parents for long. That's pain and suffering for him. He's going to love his parents. While everybody else has parents probably in their 20s, he's got parents well advanced in age. They're not going to be doing the same thing as what the other parents are doing. That's a loss for him to some extent, but he's going to get the best training for those people who love the Lord. But there may be a time that he loses one or both of his parents because of old age. But he's still got to keep on with doing what thus saith the Lord. The second couple, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas, but I want you to hear and understand about Joseph and Mary. We're going to talk about Mary because we're in Luke, but I want you to understand something about what's going on with Joseph and Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 25. Before we get there. This is a man that has found a woman that he's in love with. This is a young man that has a virgin. This is a young man that's in a culture that he has to get permission. He has to show that he's worthiness to this woman. She's going to be pure as that virgin. So imagine that he's asked her to marry. The parents are already in agreement the planning, the phase for their life. He's going to probably find a home. He's in love with her. He's excited about his marital bed, which he's going to have with his wife. And it doesn't say how he finds out, but that he finds out she's pregnant. She's with child. We see and hear these scriptures, but we don't understand the pain and suffering of a man in love that has to believe that the woman that he loves has slept with another man, has betrayed his trust in her, has 
laid down her naked body with another naked body, and she's pregnant. She's not taking that time, that precious gift that he was waiting for, that he pledged his love for, that he pledged his possessions for, his dowry for. He got permission for the family. They courted. They did everything they were supposed to do in the right way. And even then he decides he's going to put her away privately. But I want y'all to back up for the divine plan. Do you think from Psalm 139, knowing everything that Psalm 139 speaks to, that God already knew Mary was the chosen one? That wasn't just, oh, by the way, they got engaged. Let me just figure out, oh, hey, get, yeah, Gabriel, go, go, go and talk to me. No, it was done well before the foundations of the world, before she was in her mother's womb. This plan, this divine design for Mary was known. This divine design for Joseph to be the stepfather, to have that kind of love and compassion for Mary would be known, that he would be a man that would hear the voice of God in a dream and say, that child is special. That child is going to be named Jesus. That child, you can take her as your wife. And he would believe and he would not touch her, even though that was his wife. That was his wife. He's going to take her as his wife. And he could have, but he did not. I say that because we assume we see and hear the stories of the Bible, but we don't understand these are real people. Pain and suffering is not something new to the 21st century. It was painful. Do you think it was easy to find out and however he found out about his love of his life? With another man's baby? What? That's what he thought. Until he heard that dream, that vision to tell him what was going on. He was thinking that was another man's baby, not his baby. That another man laid with his woman. We see Mary and how virtuous that was. But we don't think about what happened with Joseph. In verse 18 of Matthew 1, it says, Now... The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she found she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, hindsight is 2020 because we know the story, they didn't know the story. We can know that Elizabeth is going to be pregnant after her well advanced in age. But see, that's the thing. We don't know our stories. We see a glimpse of what's happening now, but we don't understand what God knows is the ending. We only see the now. We know the past. And we're trying to formulate what we think, but we don't have the concept of understanding. God's intent involves his design, which is divine, which is eternal, which is all-knowing, omniscient. And some of us are getting downtrodden and upset and mad with God because we see the now and don't understand there's a future. We see the barren woman, but we don't see John the baptizer. We see the pregnant woman, but doesn't know, don't understand it's not from a man, but from the Holy Spirit. But we have to slow down. We say all the time in our congregations, how we trust God. I remember Rev used to sing this song, I will trust in the Lord. And he said, now with the sickness, I'm going to really have to trust him. But he had to trust him through pain and suffering, even till the end where God did not heal him and God took him. 
And now the suffering and pain could be from his children or from his wife or his brother or his friend or his congregation. But we have to understand God's divine design, God's divine plan. Everything is about Jesus Christ and salvation. He put love on the cross and there's more for us to share about the good news of Christ. And even though we're going through pain and suffering, like Zachariah, like Elizabeth, like Joseph, even having a baby is pain and suffering. You get a child at the end, but she was a young woman. She hadn't even had sex yet. And now her body was going to have a baby. All right. Now, Keep on reading. I can't read it all, but Matthew 18 through 25 is the story of what Joseph finds out about Mary being pregnant. Let me read this one verse, verse 20. But as he considered these things, putting her away privately, thinking about her betraying him, thinking about her being pregnant by another man. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to tell him that he's going to bear a son, but it's all for the divine plan. I got to read it. I'm sorry. Verse 22, the divine plan. This is from Old Testament. All this took place. All of the pain and suffering, all of the prophetic word, all of the, what's going to happen to Mary. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the thing. We don't know the end of the story, but God does. I'm going to go now back to Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 26. Because Remember what we learned about the angel Gabriel telling Zechariah, excuse me, the angel speaking to Zechariah, explaining that your child is going to be endowed with the Holy Spirit, even from the mother's womb. So we're in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. This is the part about Mary. So he's going to speak to her about what's to happen. It's going to be new information. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. We just saw that in Matthew. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The favored one is news to her. It's part of the divine design, but it's news to her. What is God's intent? His intent from Psalm 139 was for her to be the favored one. The Lord is with you, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The favor with God was before the foundation of the earth, before she had any substance, before any of her life had started. He already knew this was the one. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Again, the divine design. What is God's intent? His intent is the divine design for the salvation of mankind. Even though it means pain and suffering for all of us, trials and tribulation for all of us. 
He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. The suffering of the past barrenness is over. She's pregnant with six months. Mary said, I didn't know that. Nobody told the family. Nobody knew. What's, what's this news about me? And now cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant. My old cousin Elizabeth. For nothing will be impossible with God. If you can't remember anything that I'm sharing tonight, put on your refrigerator for nothing will be impossible with God in your life, in my life. Nothing is impossible with God. The sandals, the pregnancies, plural, Elizabeth and Mary's. Elizabeth had Zachariah on her end. Mary's got the Holy Spirit. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. If we could stop saying, why, Lord? Why are you doing this? How could you do this to me? You need to stop this. It's too much. It's too much. She didn't say that. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And as servants of the Lord, Christ said that we would go through trials. He told us we would go through sufferings. He told us we're going to be in this world. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome. But something about what Satan tells us is, is no, you're defeated. Jesus is defeated. He's too weak. He's too, he's too bothered to be paying attention to what's going on to you. If he can be forethought, for clothes and sandals, for angels coming to talk to daddies to tell them about what's going to happen to a son that's not even here and he has sex with his wife to have the son. If he can go and tell a dream to somebody who's contemplating putting his wife away privately, he's, he's eons ahead of anything that we can imagine. Now, the intersection of these two women in their destiny, Mary hears the news about Elizabeth, and she comes to visit Elizabeth and the fulfillment of the endowment of the Holy Spirit in the womb of Elizabeth will happen at her voice. Can't read it all, but I'm going to read the part so you all can see it. I, I want y'all to do some homework and reading on your own. I could read it all to you, but it's important for you to read, for you to get interested and say, you know, I don't know that story. Let me go read it for myself. Let me have the spirit of God teach me, educate me. Endow me to understand. So in verse 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Prophecy fulfilled. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That is Elizabeth with the Holy Spirit speaking through the Holy Spirit of the divine design, talking about the love that God would put 
his only begotten son, his beloved son on a cross for salvation for us. We deserve to be on that cross. Our sin deserved to be on that cross. But Christ, who is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, of you and I, he found his way, but not at the expense of telling us that we are going to go through trials and tribulations and pains and sufferings because the outcome is for men and women to come to know Christ. It says, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. That's Elizabeth speaking to Mary out of the prophecy of the Holy Spirit speaking through her. Now, this last part about suffering, even though there are times where you go through suffering and then you have a a high mountain. I just, I'm not going to read all of this, but I want you to read John 1 verses 6 through 34 on your own, but know that I'll read just six through nine. There was a man, this is the baby grown up, the baby that may have lost, he's a man now, may have lost his parents in their advanced age. He's going to be a man of God, to be used of God, to be the voice crying in the wilderness. We know that who's going to baptize Christ himself, but John is going to be beheaded. His story doesn't stay all joy bells. He's living out in the wilderness eating locusts and honey. He's going to find that in professing Christ and proclaiming the good news of the Lord, that he's going to go against a monarch who's going to have him beheaded. The divine design knew of his birth, even before he was born, knew of his endowment of the Holy Spirit, knew of his mom and daddy, knew of his training, knew what he wouldn't eat and drink, knew of who he would be the forerunner to be spoken of in John 1. And God knew that his end would be bloody. He experienced the pain and suffering of all that he went through, whether it's before the jail cell, after the jail cell, and when he got his head cut off. And even when you see that he sends his own disciples to ask Christ, should we expect another? Going through the highs of God doesn't mean that you're not going to go through some valleys. That's why Psalm 23 talks about he's going to go through even through the valley of the shadow of death. But I want you to understand that God's intent is for all of our benefits, yours and mine and the people that need to hear the good news for Jesus Christ to save their souls. And in the midst of your sufferings, whether your loved one's suffering or you're suffering yourself, Put your head up. It's easy for me to say, and you may say that because you see the now. Oh, you've, no, no. We went through decades of suffering. We went through decades of caregiving and sickness and disease and being without money and being without things. But guess what? The design by God, the plan of God, the divine plan of God was so that William Helm would teach the people that he had to teach. He'd have a child, he'd have a wife, he'd have a a family. He'd share the message of the gospel in electronic form that's long after he's gone. And even after, this is the after, 
Would we be doing the things that these men from Friday would get to know the Lord if I wasn't in business to help people to know and to proclaim Christ in the way I'm doing or the way Faith's doing it with her teachings and her productions? You don't know the full ending, but God does. John is going to be beheaded painfully, but we saw that he's still being testified and Christ talks about him. And John talks about him, said, verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Jesus on that cross, the divine plan to have John as the forerunner. The divine plan for even when the disciples of John came to ask Jesus, Jesus tells them there's not going to be somebody like John because John is special. He talks about John. It didn't alleviate the pain and suffering that John went through. It didn't alleviate that God's divine plan was executed in the life of Zachariah, his mom and dad, and Elizabeth. And Mary and Joseph, I mean, Mary was at the cross of Christ as her son, her firstborn son, birthed through a miraculous birth of her virginity, was crucified, tortured to death, bleeding to death. And even the worst, after he died, they pierced him in his heart with blood and water flowing down. That's pain and suffering, everybody. So. I wanted to talk about God's intent because I know as we prepare to go into Thanksgiving, as we prepare to go into December, that's the time where people either have family, don't have family, are missing loved ones, are hurting, are emotionally going through all kinds of feelings and emotions every which way. But I want you to remember God's intent is love. God's divine plan is the love of mankind to come and to seek and to save through his son who went on the cross. And yes, saints of God, there's going to be trials. There are going to be trials and tribulations. There are going to be sufferings and pain. Things ain't always going to go right. I can say it in proper English. Things aren't always going to go right, saints. But the outcome is for the salvation, for people to spend eternity with our holy God that has been since the foundation of the world and before executing this divine plan so that we can be together with him through eternity. I love you and Lord willing, it says the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. I, let's pray to the Lord of the harvest that there'll be more laborers. I asked you to comment, to like, to subscribe, to share. We're getting more subscribers, but I just asked you, share the message of the gospel. That's what's important. Not me, but share the message of the gospel. Thank you, Lord willing. I'll see you next week. Bye.